Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Wrestling Daily. Oh my gosh, what a day to go live. As you can see, there is no Alex McCarthy. It is myself and SB3 today. Hello, SB3. Wow, it's us. What a tag team. We haven't done this tag team in such a long time. But before we get to plugs or news or anything like that, let's have a catch up. How are you, SB3? I am doing well. I thought today was going to be a light day, but I've been very busy on my channel, other channels. Now I'm here with you. And what a what a couple of days in wrestling. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And it's a great time to be here with Miss Dynamite the day after another exceptional episode. And we got AEW news as our titular news. It's a It's a great day. I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I felt like a lot of stuff happened over the weekend, obviously, um, that I haven't got a chance to talk to that is crazy. I mean, we had a debut from someone that I've been talking about for a very, very long time, and he didn't debut in an an American promotion how I thought he was going to debut, but it happened. So we had all that stuff in the weekend, and then it seemed like, wow, nothing else can happen. And then at about, I don't know what time it was, maybe like, 10 p.m. or so last night UK time it's like everything just started kicking off and we had some crazy news related to AEW and then we had the actual Dynamite show where there was so much happened on that show as well so it is a great time for me and you to be together to talk about that stuff because we are the we are the AEW people really and yeah, it's amazing that we get to be here. <laughs> but firstly, everyone, remember, please get your Ultra Chats in tonight. I feel like people should have a lot to say tonight after that episode of Dynamite and with everything else that's going on because there's so, so much going on. And of course, I have to say, if you love wrestling daily, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and become a member of our channel. How much fun is it being a member, SP3? You get custom emotes. You get like a little me with the fan. You get you and Alex. Oh, it's so good. And you got the swear <laughs> jar. Yourself. The, the swear jar emote is 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 the is the next level. The next level of being a member here. Mm. But I, I'm just glad. I, I feel like we we are we are the untapped potential duo of wrestling daily. We are the childs of Daddy Daily. Alex McCarthy, he can't be with us. We hope he is he is well, but he's gonna be back here tomorrow with Q Tip 
Pete Cornell, uh, the the jam, the champion himself on a Friday. But here today, it's an AEW edition. And Steph, did you hear the breaking news before we get to the titular news? Did you hear the breaking news as AEW? Tell me, tell me. So it, this is this is why it's the perfect time for me and you to be here, because who was it? that me and you argued with Alex and Louie on the end of the year award was the woman's wrestler of the year? Thunder Rosa. Oh, she's all elite, finally. Official, she is officially all oh, elite. That's amazing AEW. news, that's amazing I got, news. I, I got chills, I got goosebumps because I am such a big fan of Thunder Rosa. I've been able to interview her twice. I, I've met her, I, I've seen her journey from starting off in, in Lucha Underground for me watching her and then mm -hmm. for her to become one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like you said, the weekend she appears at Impact Wrestling as a great matchup with Deanna Parraza and now she is officially yes. All Elite. So I'm so excited for her. How do you feel? I'm so happy for her. That's amazing. And I think the women's division really, really needs it. They need her to be full time. I, I think she was great on impact. I think maybe her and Diana will have a better match second time on. But she was who I was hoping would turn up and be um, Diana's surprise opponent. So I was very excited when it was actually her. Um, I know it's something that I theorized and people were like, no, she can't do that. Like she's an NWA. She's an AW. I was like, it's 2021. Of course she can do that. That's what 2021 is all about. Everyone's just jumping through doors. So, yeah. I, I have to, like, uh, put up this comment here by CM Chris, who says, Jay White appeared in Impact Wrestling staff. Bet she was happy as hell. I don't know if happy <laughs> was the word. <laughs> the yes. This is the it first was, time I'm seeing you since that happened. What was your initial this reaction? First, this is the first time I've ever spoken about it pop, uh, publicly. Um, I feel like, you know, some kind of like celebrity here. Like this is my first public address on the issue of Jay White um, being in Impact. Um, I was very shocked, I have to say. Like you feel like not a lot can surprise you. That surprised me. Uh, no one had ever theorized that to me. I got a lot of people asking me about it. Got texts from my mom, texts from my aunt when they walk, woke up and watched Twitter. So that's how over Jay is, you know, that <laughs> it got all this. But I feel like, you know, of course, people uh, kind of have for 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 good, for bad, for right, for wrong, like labeled me like the Jay White fans. I got a lot of people asking me about it. And I think like I, I'm shocked. And I think that for him personally, this is the best thing because I feel like he doesn't want to keep going back to Japan. I think that they need to take the never open with title off him. I think that what they should do, honestly, is put the United States Championship on him. And that should be his thing. And he should be like the new Japan representative in America. I think that will work best for him. Um, and yeah, I think they worked out some sort of deal with him, like a little bit of concession of right, you can go up here on impact. And I kind of wish that if things were different, like if the world was different, that his big American promotion debut had happened on an AW, um, ideally, or maybe even a WWE, to be honest. But it was on impact. I wish, wish more than anything, Matt Stryker hadn't been in commentary. He was absolutely terrible. He ruined everything. He The entire pay-per-view, he ruined every single moment. He ruined Jay's moment. Um, I think that they should have absolutely found out like how to better um, kind of get over the fact that they were ending the show like that rather than make it seem like it was an impact being impact glitch. 
So yes, so yeah. I would say like shock, confusion, and intrigue are my three overriding emotions and happiness is somewhere further down the list. Is that fair? <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. Um, I, I did not know about that. I kind of got tipped off about Thunder Rosa being there and I was very excited, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting tipped off that she was going to be there and then it actually come into fruition and she looked amazing with that attire, with the whole, she was just, uh, it, it was just a great experience and I feel like that was the moment that the, the pay-per-view kind of turned around. I felt like a lot of yeah. the other surprises weren't too Am I am I the only one seeing yellow? I see yellow for you. Okay. Yeah, sorry. My cam just like <laughs> completely glitched. Carry on. But uh yeah, that was the moment that the pay-per-view really turned around for me. And I, I loved the main event. I thought that was uh Kenny Omega's best impact wrestling match since he's arrived mm -hmm. as the bell collector against Sammy Callahan and exceeded Eddie at all expectations. And then to end the night with Jay White, that was like the sherry on top because no one saw that coming. And I just wish no one saw that coming. I just wish it wasn't on the same weekend as Money in the Bank because I feel like it would have more yeah. buzz if it was on its own weekend. And I feel like Money in the Bank was a great show in it, in itself and it sucked up all the buzz that Impact would have had from Slammiversary, especially with that ending. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like they picked the wrong weekend for their pay-per-view because it was the same weekend as Money in the Bank and Money in the Bank is the first show with fans back and it's also like yeah. a big pay-per-view. So it was hard. But they got a lot of buzz out of it. I think the buzz died out pretty quickly because then everyone was talking about money in the bank and you get John Cena at that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was it was impact being impact. You know, they can't they can never get 100 percent right, can they? They 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 never they never know how to get it 100 uh, percent on point, it seems. But yes. Like you said before, like we want to hear from everybody. You know, we got a couple of a couple of people here in the live chat, but just below me, wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling daily. Send us the ultra chats. And we want to hear from you what you guys thought about Jay White in Impact Wrestling, what you thought about AEW Dynamite. That's why I'm here. That's why as soon as Alex said, Do you want to be on the show tonight? I was like, Oh, I get to talk AEW Dynamite with Steph. Yes, count me in. So I'm yes. ready to talk about that, but we should talk about the titular news. First, before we get to the titular news, which is about Danny O'Brien, me and Alex, we went in depth yesterday about the CM Punk news that broke with Fightful. Mm -hmm. But Steph, this is my first time seeing you. What was your thoughts on CM Punk potentially being in talks with uh, AEW? Uh, I think it's very cool, obviously. I think that CM Punk, uh, if he's going to go anywhere, like it, it really better be AEW. He better not go back to WWE or I wouldn't have any respect for him. <laughs> um, but I think it's really, really cool. Like he is the guy. He's the guy that you can um, bring in that's going to be huge. So that's really awesome. And it would be, I just feel like if, when I heard the CM Punk news and then a couple of hours later you get the Daniel Bryan news and I was just like, if this happens, if they get these two people, what do WWE have left? The answer is nothing, like absolutely nothing. Um, so that made me really, really happy because I think it's going to bring a lot of new people over to AEW for sure. Uh, it was all anyone was talking about. I think Punk would be a great addition, but then at the same time, I don't even know where he'd fit in because the, it's so stacked. Like AEW is just so stacked in general. So it's really, really exciting news. And I kind of just want to be like happy if, if Punk turns up. And if he turns up in Chicago, it'll be one of the biggest pops you'll ever hear. 
I, I hope that they listen to, you know, folks like Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer, Sean Rossap on Fightful, because they came up with a great idea. I think it, it would be more beneficial for them to have CM Punk debut on the Dynamite before All Out, because it's in Chicago, so you're going to get that Chicago yeah. pop. And it will lead people to not only watch, uh, to buy the pay-per-view all out to see him again, but it will also lead to people watching Rampage because that's also in Chicago. So it's a it's something that I don't I I know they would love to do it as a surprise on the pay-per-view, but you know him surprising on Dynamite might not have the initial of people coming to Dynamite to watch it, but it, it can translate to better viewership for Rampage on Friday that week and the buy rate for All Out. So I think that would be the best thing. Do, do you yeah. think we're gonna see Punk there or All Out? I heard Meltzer's theory this morning that putting him on the show before, that what I would do is I would just end the show with, if they're, for example, if they're going to use Cult of Personality, which I feel like, you know, they could, because um, that's his most known theme tune. I know other people would rather have the AFI classic, but I think that's the most known one. I would literally end the show with just a, and then out. And then everybody knows that CM Punk's coming without him actually appearing. And then, like, you have to, have to buy the pay-per-view oh man. that's that's oh. what i think i love uh, this <laughs> co comment that i've seen here by uh jeremy bowman who says wwe has the walk he's coming for survivor series yeah mate they'll have him for a month okay we're talking about people actually signing here and and <laughs> they'll have that man for uh, a month however like whenever they get him however long and yeah that's um that's it, you know, it's it's like this John Cena thing. John Cena's John Cena, love John Cena. He's a superhero now, but he's not gonna put on his cape and see of WWE because he'll be there for a month. Okay. We're talking about people actually signing with a company that can actually do things um, you know, week to week, actually be in programs and actually be around for the long term and help the company. But <laughs> enough, enough off the topic. Let's get into this titular news because as we said last night, we then heard that it looks like Daniel Bryan has signed with AEW. I've been saying for a long time on the show when there have been talk about Daniel Bryan that, you know, no, no disrespect to Daniel Bryan, but all the talk that Daniel Bryan has done for the past couple of years about everyone that he wants to wrestle, I've basically been saying grow a pair. Grow a pair and do it. And it looks like he's grown a pair. And I could not be happier because he has been teasing us for so long. I want to wrestle here. I want to wrestle there. I want to wrestle in Japan. I want to wrestle in Mexico. I want to wrestle this guy. I want to wrestle this guy. And it's like, okay, well, you're Daniel Bryan. You can go and do that. You don't have to stay in WWE. And it looks like he's done it. And we have a report from Daddy Dave about the reason why. And to summarize, the reason why is so he can go other places as well. So he can wrestle in AEW, so he can wrestle in New Japan, so he can wrestle in um, Mexico and AAA. It looks like he's made the right decision for the right reasoning. What do you think, SP3? Uh, we should definitely give credit to uh, Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net, who initially yeah. uh, broke the report last night. And I'm just excited. Like, I am the big – I would say – Brian Danielson is my favorite wrestler of all time because I started going to independent shows in like 2005, 2006 in New York City. And I remember my first independent show was ROH Final Battle 2006. And I went there because mm -hmm. I followed the storyline of Homicide and I was ready to see Homicide become the ROH World Champion. 
and Brian Danielson was the evil ROH world champion, the heel. He had been the champion for 15, 16 months, but I was just so enamored by him like seeing him live because i had seen the great match with kenta the great match with nigel in the uk and i was like man this this guy's undeniable how great he is in the ring but seeing him live just made me like nah this guy is like one of my favorite wrestlers and as the years went on seeing him come up and still be like a god in ring of honor how the fans would cheer and sing final countdown that made me like this guy is one of my all-time favorites to see him go to wwe and go through the journey make it to wrestlemania 30 i just have the connection with daniel bryan that i saw him from the bottom i saw him make it all the way to the top but kind of like you Around 2018, I was like, man, WWE's not letting you wrestle. Go on up. All in is coming up. Come on down. Come on over. You know, you know, see us. See, make come come back to the fans that brought you to the dance and come and do something for us. You know, this big event, the largest attended event that WWE has never been responsible for. Come a part of that. But then when he re-signed with WWE, I was like, ah. I was like, uh, I was kind of upset. Like, where's your balls? (laughs) Exactly. And I was kind of upset. He had a great run, that WWE Championship run, the Planet's Champion. It totally, you know, flipped the script because he's one of the the greatest baby faces of all time. But really in WWE, we never got to see him as like a top of the line heel. And he was that as the Planet's Champion. But like, to know. Go ahead. No, finish your point because as a major Daniel Bryan fan, I want to I, I want to say say something with you within the presence of a major major Daniel Bryan fan. Once you're finished, <laughs> but like to know that we can possibly see Bryan Danielson against Kenny Omega in AEW versus a Jungle Boy versus a MJF. And have the potential mm-hmm. to see him in the Tokyo Dome against Hiroshi Tadahashi, Koto Ibushi, Shingo Takagi, Will Ospreay. Hiromu. Oh, my God. Hiromu. Yes. And, and should, we should also know Hiromu Takahashi is officially yeah, cleared. Yeah, he is cleared. He's coming back. I, I, Hiromu's my favorite New Japan wrestler right now. So I am so happy. I literally, my wife can tell you, I literally, anytime Hiromu comes out with a new jacket, I go to my wife like, what do you think about this jacket? Because I, I like my wife's fashion sense. So I go to her and she's like, oh my God, that jacket's amazing. I would love that. So I know Hiromu's got the fashion sense of, of a god in, in New Japan. Mm-hmm. So Hiromu versus Brian Danielson, I would love. But just all the dream opportunities. And it feels like Daniel Bryan can finally be fulfilled as an artist. And it feels like the, the, the second time, the run, you know, his return, it was great to see him back because we thought he was retired. We thought he was done forever. So to see him back in WWE, it was tremendous and it was great. And I was very happy as a longtime fan of Brian Danielson. But this feels like he's finally going to get fulfilled for what he's really wanted to do for well over 10 years for being trapped in the prison, as John Moxley and CM Punk have described WWE, Brian Danielson is finally free. And you know, Tony Khan will spend a pretty con coin on Final Countdown. And that's what I'm here for. And Cassidy Haynes did report that the event I'm going to, September 22nd, Arthur Ashe Stadium, Queens, New York, is the potential tentative plan for Brian Danielson to come back. It just feels like all the wrestling gods are coming together and they're like here sp3 here is your here is what you've always wanted on a silver platter and i feel so lucky but steph you gotta say something let me know what you think 
I gotta say something. Firstly, um, the dynamite before the Arthur Ashe Stadium, I would end it with just doo -doo -doo -doo, off the air. <laughs> off the air. But I thought that because you're a Daniel Bryan super fan, I I'm a Daniel Bryan fan. I'm not a Daniel Bryan super fan. He's not my favorite wrestler of all time. You said that he was yours. Yeah. So I thought that I would address a tweet that I sent out that I got some comments about where I, I just think that people have not been watching um, WWE if they're replying to me like this. So I, I said that Daniel Bryan um, now can finally go somewhere where he can have these great matches and be appreciated. And I had people saying to me, man, they give this guy a WrestleMania match. They give him all this merchandise. How are you going to tell me he's not appreciated? They went kicking and screaming into that WrestleMania match. They could yeah. not have not wanted to do that match any less. Like, they did not want him. They then put his first challenger as Kane. They never, ever, ever fulfilled his potential yes the planet champion thing was great they they never gave daniel bryan what he could yeah. have had and i just think the people are saying yeah they appreciated him look at all this yes merchandise look he was in a wrestlemania main event they did not want him in that main event he was the guy that he did that they did not want okay and any other company would have got behind a guy like that that was so popular 100 percent they never wanted him it was just like oh gosh people like daniel bryan this little guy no way we can't handle it please please take our big men what do you do okay we'll give you a wrestlemania match if we have to but you know he has to face triple h first like i did daniel bryan was not appreciated by wwe and i hope he's going to be appreciated by w uh, by AEW. uh so sp3 as a super fan was he appreciated by wwe Hi, I'm DeLon Grant. And I'm Francesca Ramsey. And together we host the podcast, Let Me Fix It. Each week we explore something from the past and then we pitch how to fix it for today. But forget about the past. Let's talk about the new show of the moment. DeLon, did you get a chance to watch the new Queenie trailer I sent you? How dare you send me this amazing <laughs> show that took me back to every messy breakup I've ever had. Thank God I had you through my 20s. Now you could not pay me to go back and relive those days. But thankfully, we will be living as Queenie navigates her messy 20s the new series queenie is now streaming on hulu selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. No, like I no, I have I have died. I will die on this hill if people disagree with me, yeah. and I don't really care. That see, if CM Punk does not leave WWE in 2014, we never get Daniel Bryan in the main event of mm-hmm. WrestleMania 30. We just never, don't. We just don't. He left. At, he like CM Punk. One thing he does have is balls. He said, "No, yeah. I'm not doing this." He got up and left. The fans who had chanted for Daniel Bryan during that Royal Rumble that he wasn't even in, and they booed like lovely legendary man Rey Mysterio. CM Punk left. They had this situation with Daniel Bryan, and it was like, oh my gosh, these actual wrestling fans who watch our product, who we don't want to watch our product, but unfortunately are watching our product, we have to give them something. They like Daniel Bryan. Fine, we'll put him in this match. <laughs> but <laughs> like, even even when he comes back from injury, and WWE have yeah. relied for so long on the babyface comes back from injury, he's immediately back in the title race to get the title that he never lost. He literally was in the Royal Rumble in 2015. I think he comes in at like number 10 and he's in the match for 10 minutes and gets eliminated by Bray Wyatt when that Philly crowd want nothing more than Daniel Bryan to at least make it to the end. And I thought the smart money going in was, I know they want Roman Reigns to win this, but at least have Daniel Bryan in until the end. So it's, it's so Roman eliminates Daniel Bryan. You could have done, and it would have been a natural progression to do Daniel Bryan versus uh, Roman Reigns the next month at Fastlane if he was the last person to eliminate him. But no, they only did that because we whined and we complained that Daniel Bryan was mistreated in that Royal Rumble. I think that fans have a short-term memory loss. And they're just like, oh no, they brought him Fans back. Drink the Kool Aid. There are 100%. certain people that drink the Kool Aid because there are many people that sip on the Kool Aid of, oh my gosh, we uh, we really wanted to do something great for the women, so we removed that Divas title. No, <laughs> Stephanie McMahon like led a whole women's revolution. No, you were kicking and screaming into that too. Like that was fans as well. Uh, but with the Daniel Bryan thing, I mean, yeah, don't drink the Kool Aid. They never wanted that guy, and now he's out. And hopefully, he can do something great and be uh, appreciated finally in a company that sees his worth and sees beyond. Because at the end of the day. Things don't um, follow plan. And if your plan is Roman Reigns or any other guy, like no matter who it is, you that we're not in that business. Because the great thing about our business is it's not uh, MMA. It's not boxing. We can actually control the winners. Exactly. And you follow who the crowd like. And you, they've had ready-made stories with Daniel. Like I just said, 2015, him coming back. And then they didn't do anything with him. He had to basically uh, settle for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 31. Then he gets hurt again. He goes out. He's out for a while. He comes back in 2018. You have a ready-made baby face. At WrestleMania 34, he's laying out on the floor for 10 minutes in a match against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and they let Shane McMahon wrestle more than him. Even though that crowd in New Orleans, I was in the crowd, we want nothing more than Daniel Bryan to run wild and to go on the signature offense that we remember. And then you would think after WrestleMania, they would at least, you know, put him in the feud with The Miz, and then from The Miz, he gets to the WWE Championship. 
He doesn't even get to the WWE Championship as a babyface. He has to turn heel to finally become the WWE Champion. Yeah. And then he's the WWE Champion, the, you know, the Planet Champion, which was great. And you you haphazardly fell backwards into Kofi Mania. And we don't even know how his championship reign would have ended if it wasn't for the fans, you know, putting that into fruition. Everything it seems yeah. like in Daniel Bryan's career has always been about the fans loving him or loving his opponent or just loving his work to the fact to the point that it forces WWE to do something. So I think that fans have a short-term memory and they just gloss over a lot of the details that led to his success in that company. Well, I think to wrap up this little chat that we've had about two former WWE guys going into AW, we have an ultra chat from Bo Hill who has said, I am sick of the another WWE guy argument. If there's great talent available in any industry and you are a rival company, you grab them. Any smart company should want the most talented people working for them. Should it be different in wrestling? Agreed? I agree. 100% Bo Hill. I got to say it like Alex. Bo Hill! That's that's my best. (laughs) That's my best Alex. But that's Alex impersonation. But yeah, 100%. Like you've seen it with uh, Miro. Miro's the best example. Although he came in and he wasn't exactly where every all the fans wanted him to be in, they quickly changed course. And now he's the God's favorite champion, the Redeemer. And he's been a fantastic. He's been a great TNT champion. Like the one thing that AEW has constantly proven to us is they listen to the fans. If we complain about something, they change the course. And they did it last night, you know, the segue in to dynamite with andrade we complained about yeah. andrade being associated with ricky vicky guerrero and what happens he's got an executive consultant who is chavito chavito heat is in aew and now he's a much better talker for andrade and i think that it doesn't have the same stigma as vicky guerrero did with andrade so you see with aew they quickly change course so even i would i would say temper your expectations with Brian Danielson and CM Punk, it might not be exactly where you want it to be when they initially come in. But as we've seen in the past with many different superstars with uh, AEW, they listen to us and they will make it right. So, All I'll add to your comment is it might not be how you initially dreamed it in the beginning because their roster, especially the top end, is so stacked. I think that's what we saw with Miro. You could not bring him in as a championship contender because of the people that you already have. I think that's what we've seen with Andrade. And I think that it will be so interesting where you slot in Daniel Bryan and CM Punk if you're getting both of these guys in your promotion, a promotion where you have Kenny Omega and potentially your next champion is being Hangman Page and you're building up like one of potentially one of the greatest wrestling storylines of all time. And then you've just been handed these two like living legend superstars. It's going to be really interesting to see where we slot them in. But we're, we're at the halfway point. We have talked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So let's actually talk about Dynamite right now because it cool. started off in the best way possible. And that's with the Chris Jericho match. It was the first match in the labors of Jericho as set out by MJF. We had MJF on commentary. He was facing Sean Spears with the stip being that Spears could use a chair and Jericho couldn't. And you know what? Jericho did not need a chair because he busted up a top rope rana and it was absolutely amazing. I screamed and I jumped out of my chair. I loved it so, so much. Um, We did see, we had Tully Blanchard being dirty on the outside. We had Sammy Guevara run down. We had Jericho kick out of a C4, avoided chair shot. Then he got the Judas effect. He won 
he won, but that was not all that happened. Because after right. he won, MJF came out and was like, Jericho, you needed help there, okay? You had Sammy Guevara run down and help you. So because of that, your next labor is going to be something very unexpected. So I'm sitting here watching this, and I was actually watching this with Benno. So I'm, I'm only sa- I'm saying that so I have a witness to what happened. So MJF starts saying, you're going to get someone like the most violent, the most criminal. And I was like, Nick Cage. And then he went further and said, this man like busted someone's neck with a light tube. And we just turned to each other. Absolutely mouths dropped. And we're like, no, but it, is it actually Nick Gage though? It's Nick Gage. Nick Gage is coming to AEW. There have been people for so long that have been saying, Tony Khan, bring Nick Gage to AEW. They wanted Nick Gage to do an open challenge. They wanted Nick Gage to do all sorts of things in AEW with like Moxley, Kingston, whoever. And it wasn't happening. There were people saying Tony doesn't want Nick Gage on a TNT show because Nick Gage has a has a lot of baggage. He's yeah. got more suitcases than Paris Hilton. But he turned up, and the opponent they give him is Chris Jericho, and the person that brings him to AEW is MJF. I thought it was amazing. I'm going to add this in now that then later on on Dynamite, we saw that it's going to be Painmaker Jericho, who is my joint favorite Jericho, along with the um, whiny, I'm the real cruiserweight champion Jericho. They're my favorite incarnations of Jericho. So we get not only Nick Gage, but we get him against Painmaker Jericho. How did you feel about this whole scenario, SP3 and Nick F and Gage coming to AEW? So first of all, I call that version of uh, Chris Jericho the, the cruiserweight title one, the conspiracy theorist. Because remember, he yes! he went to he went to the White House. Yes, to the White House. He went to the White House, and that's that's my personal favorite all time, Chris Jericho, the conspiracy theorist. Because that was the first yeah. one where I really made a connection with him. But my God, I I liked the opening match. I thought it was solid. I thought that uh, Sean Spears, this was one of his better matches. He just seemed more confident being in there with Jericho. Jericho, you know, doing the babyface offense. Uh, I I wasn't too enthused with him taking like a steel chair shot to the head and taking uh, Sean Spears' finisher and kicking out. I don't know if that was necessary, especially because it's the first labor of Jericho. But overall, this was a great, a great product. And like you said, I popped myself for Jericho's Hurricane Vrata because I wasn't expecting that. But Nick Effin Gage showing up in AEW. I've been wanting this for months. <coughs> I've been wanting this for months. Like, I wanted Nick Gage to come out and brawl with John Moxley. And the fact that he's going to have a match with Chris Jericho, the person that did the narration for his Dark Side of the Ring episode. So it's, yeah. coming, it's, it's putting it all together. And when MJF said, you know, this guy has stabbed someone in the juggler, I was like, that's when I said, wait, Nick Gage? And then he says he's, he robbed a bank with no mask. And I was like, no, it is Nick Gage. I was, I was in my house. I had to do the 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 mouth jaw on the floor instead of screaming because my kids were asleep. But I was just <laughs> like, "Yes, it's Nick Gage. It's Nick Effing Gage." I was so excited to see him. To know he's gonna get go against uh, Chris Jericho, and the fact that this is probably the biggest week 
of Nick Gage's career. He shows up in AEW yes. as his AEW debut. Saturday, he's going to be in the biggest white hot match in independent wrestling against Matt Cardona at GCW's homecoming. And then come back next Wednesday in Charlotte, North Carolina, and he's going to go one-on-one with Chris Jericho, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And in one the week, <laughs> in one week, Nick Gage can stab Matt Cardona and Chris Jericho. What a life we live in this wrestling universe. Nick Gage is going to be violent on national TV, and I can't wait for it. This man has threatened to stab Matt Cardona with a light tube. I don't know what he's going to do on TNT. N- Tony Khan, you better have the, the insurance on, on layaway because this is going to be scary. Uh, and this is only the second labor of Jericho, and it makes me more yes. interested on what is the third, the fourth. It's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it is only the second labor of Jericho, and I think that it's it's great because now that Nick Gage has come out, it's like anyone because when the labors of Jericho started, people were like, oh, he's going to go through the pinnacle. Okay. No. No. We start with Sean Spears. I don't think he's going to go through um, FTR because they're tied up in tag team stuff like they should be with Santana and Ortiz. Uh, So it's literally like doors open. It could be anyone. But speaking of violence, next we had a match between uh, Doc Gallows and Frankie Kazarian. Um, I honestly thought the match was fine. Um, I really love Frankie Kazarian. I love the whole elite hunter gimmick. I'm really, really high on it. Um, We saw them attack him after the match, Kenny Omega and Don Callis coming out. Uh, But then we had Hangman coming down to make the save, looking looking a little drunk. But then when he had to fight, it turned out that he was just playing it because he could actually take on them all um, and the Dark Order coming out too. So what did you you think of this match and the little angle afterwards, how they're building this Kenny storyline with Hangman? I, I thought the match was uh, so-so. I thought it was pretty short, um, and I didn't expect uh, Doc Gallows to win, so that was a pleasant surprise for me because I haven't been liking, you know, the the booking for the Good Brothers too much in AEW. Uh, I thought that they could, you know, win a little bit more. I don't even really remember them having a tag team victory on Dynamite yet. I know they've won six-man tags with Kenny Omega, but as far as them, the impact world tag team champions winning tag team match. I haven't seen it too much. So them getting the victory here was very nice. They worked well together and it protected Frankie Kazarian with Carl Anderson getting involved. The post-match, just another home run segment with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. Like it seems like every week I'm saying it, the crowd is red hot for Hangman Page, especially in Mm -hmm. Texas, the millennial cowboy with a drink in his hand coming down with the nice shirt and just looking like a, a million bucks and then coming in and, and just staring in the face of four different guys and then fighting them all. And I like the fact that Kenny Omega scur- scurried away. They, we want to we wanna save the interaction between Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. I don't want don't them to touch. touch. I don't want them to touch each other until all out in Chicago, honestly. Or if anything, Omega attacks him. And we don't see Hangman get his hands on Omega until All Out. That's the that's the bare minimum that I expect from this. But I just I just like Hangman coming in, fighting them off. The Dark Order coming in for the save. Hangman getting the last laugh with the buckshot lariat on uh, Carl Anderson. And this five on five elimination match, Steph. I'm going out on a limb. This might be the TV match of the year. I think that the story, Ooh. the build, the build up to this has been tremendous. 
the stories that could be told. You got John Silver making his return from injury in this matchup. You got Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, their history with the Young Bucks. You got the potential to have it where it can be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Hangman Page as the as a three-on-one with Hangman Page trying to overcome the odds and get his shot at the AEW World Championship. There's so much, so many great stories. This is probably one of the best built TV matches of the year. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Um, if I really hope they don't touch in that five match, but that if you're ever going to make a way to make yes. people not touch in a five, like do it in a five way that match. Uh, next, we had kind of odd uh, Darby Allen taking on uh, Wheeler Utah, who appears to be aligned with uh, the best friends and Orange Cassidy. Darby, of course, won. Then we saw the Blade layout Orange Cassidy with Brass Knox at ringside setting up a match for next week. Uh, just a quick match. Didn't really think much of it. I mean, I guess the main storyline is what's going on between the Butcher, the Blade, and, and the best friends. Did you have any any big thoughts on this one? I mean, you missed out telling us about the moment of the night stuff. The the super kick the battle. Between, no, the super oh, kick the, battle between Sting, Sting yeah. and Darby Allen. I popped so much for that. Sting doing the little <laughs> that was great. That was a meme moment. That's a social media moment. I love stuff like that. That was humorous. You could tell Sting's having fun. Um, I don't I don't know about the whole treatment of Willa Yuta over the last couple of weeks. I know he hasn't signed with AEW, so they've been mostly using him as enhancement talent, but I didn't think the matchup with Sammy Guevara made him look that good. And here he did get a couple of offense on Darby Allen that was injured from last week's coffin match, but Darby still got the victory very quick. I just want to see a little bit more from Willa Yuta on Dynamite, but I thought this was a solid, a solid matchup and a fine way to keep the momentum going for Darby. And next up, big match, women's championship match, Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose. I personally thought this is a pretty long match. Um, I think it was longer than it needed to be. We saw some shenanigans. We saw a little tribute to the Eddie Guerrero, uh, the Eddie Guerrero cheat spot. Um, and I just, this feud has kind of fallen flat for me. I have said before that Nyla Rose is basically, it seems like she's Britt Baker's cane. Um, it's just a heel for her to take on as her first challenger. Very good news on the horizon at the beginning of this show that Thunder Rosa is an AW. So I expect no more of this like weak challenger for Britt. We've got someone that you can build up a really great program with ahead of the pay-per-view. Do you have any big thoughts on, on this match for me? I think Britt needs a better opponent, uh, really, to put on a great match. But it's awesome to see how much the crowd enjoy her. I've been really down on yeah, the buildup to this matchup because it feels yeah. like it's untimely. Like, you know, Britt Baker, yes, he's going to be over with fans in attendance, but it would have been nice to have like a baby face in this first challenger role, especially yeah. someone like a big swole who had a long rivalry with Britt Baker that's kind of forgotten now, but she got the last laugh on her, beating her in that, in the dentist office match. The, I think it was uh, two, the two for nail match. Every, I think everyone's forgotten about that one. Everyone's forgotten about that one. Exactly. But it would have been nice to have her as the first challenger and it would have 
brought the uh the Big Swole versus Demonte rivalry that's been going on on Dark. You could have had Demonte help uh Britt Baker get the victory here, and the fact that we know. In Pittsburgh, Britt Baker is going to be even a bigger babyface. So that yes. would have been more of the time to bring in Nyla Rose as the challenger. I just feel like it was very untimely, and the match was very clunky. It felt like they, were, they couldn't get on the same page with each other. So I was a little disappointed by that, but the crowd was very much into it. Britt Baker got a strong victory, but I just wanted a little bit more, especially with the post-match. I would have liked for maybe a Tay Conte or Serena Deeb to come out and make the challenge for, you know, the next challenger for Britt Baker. So we have something to look forward to. I've been really down on AEW's booking of the women's division ever since Double or Nothing. It feels like they're reverting back to how they were treating the women before. Uh, after that, we had the press conference between FTR and Santana and Ortiz confirming that the match is next week in North Carolina. Uh, I think that's the best choice. Interesting, though, because Santana and Ortiz are so great. Then North Carolina, FTR country. I'm thinking, you do, um, just quickly here, I'm thinking you do one match in North Carolina, you do one match in New York, and it's not over. So they each have a chance to be the kind of hometown Hero guys, I'm I'm still holding out hope, Steph, that we get we get uh you know I think FTR is gonna win next week, mm-hmm. but I think we're gonna have a rematch at All Out between the two teams because that's also two yeah. the two year anniversary of Santana and Ortiz coming into AEW when they debuted at All Out 2019. I was there live, and as a fellow New Yorker, I was very excited for them, and I think that that should be a number one contenders match with uh, Santana and Ortiz winning. And then you have Santana and Ortiz versus the Young Bucks in New York at Arthur Ashe Stadium and have that be their crowning moment. And then you have a natural first challengers because FTR have the victory at Fight for the Fallen over Santana and Ortiz and their series is 1-1. And now you have the third match B for the AEW World Tag Team titles. So I think that would probably be the better thing that I would do kind of long term. But I really like the promos. Uh, my guys on AE Recap on True Hill, he say it every week. But you know what Santana looks like, Steph? A star. Yeah, what is He's a star. He looks <laughs> a like star. a star. And he's cut of a promo like a damn star. And showing the showing the pictures of where his mom grew up, the, the article about how his mom fought for the new apartment. He is just, he cuts great promos. And he is just yeah. a bona fide star in the making. And I just want his big moment to happen at Arthur Ashe Stadium and them winning the tag team titles. Now, next we had something that you have already alluded to. It's Chavo Guerrero is the man who is now managing Andrade. Vicky Guerrero obviously passed the contract over to her brother-in-law, Chavo. Uh, Nice little swerve. I got to say, I'm probably like, I'm way more down on this than you. Um, Chavo, I didn't want Andrade with, with Vicky at all. I think that was a total mistake. And I think Chavo's not that much better. I was hoping like a Selena De Laurenta or someone to come out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, to bring like a different a different vibe there than um, Andrade being managed. I think Andrade needs a flashier manager because we're used to him with Selena Vega, who was absolutely great in the That's role. True. But the other thing that happened in the segment was, of course, the Death Triangle came out with Pac because Andrade had, had asked where the Lucha Bros were at last week and they are here back with their leader. And it looks like Andrade wants the Lucha Brothers to maybe join him. And Pac's like, well, 
I, I'm with them, but I'm not controlling them. And Andrade is kind of like, are you, you guys are standing in the shadow of Pac, which is interesting because I don't think Pac's around enough for you to stand in the shadow of him. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the potential of an Andrade, Lucha Brothers, Allegiance feud? Do you think they'll they'll fight each other, Andrade and Pac, for the love of the Lucha Brothers? What, where do you think this is heading? I think that's where it's heading. And I, I honestly, I don't know about you, Steph, I want the Lucha Bros with Andrade. I think that would fit them better than uh, yeah. Pax the type. He's a bastard. He's miserable. He should stand on his own. He doesn't need the, the death triangle, whereas I feel like this would make Andrade feel bigger by having a Lucha Bros. My only him. thing I'll say is if the Lucha Bros join with Andrade, does that mean we can get rid of Alex Abriantes? Because if anything is dragging <laughs> these two very cool men down, it is the presence of Alex Abrantes and his outfits and general demeanor. I'm sorry. I love I love I love the Penta says. It it was over. It was over with the fans in Dallas. They all said it with them. They said Penta says. I, I just love it. I'm a big fan of that. Anyone but can I, say Penta says. Anyone can say it. Pat can say it. This <laughs> is true. This is true. But I like I like Chavo in this role. Me myself, I, I understand, you know, Zelina Vega went back to WWE. Uh so Zelina Della Renta, she's already been rumored to be at the performance center and possibly signing with WWE. So those are two options off the table. And I thought out of the options that were available, I thought Conan would be great in the role of uh, of Andrade's manager because he's kind of playing that role in the AAA storyline. If you've seen the stuff online between uh, Andrade and Kenny Omega to build up yeah. Triple Mania, you have Don Callis in Kenny Omega's corner and Conan in his corner. And I thought Conan cut such a great promo. Put him as the manager as all this management. I don't, I don't really care because Conan is great on the mic after that promo he's- with Kelly. He's so great, and I think the only thing I'd say of why they're maybe not using Conan is because I think it's like a confusion and a muddling thing to like, he he did this for Santana Ortiz, and now he's doing this with the Lucha Brothers. And I think they kind of made a made a choice, and because Conan is over in MLW doing his own thing with yeah. the new LAX, and just quick shout out to everyone, wait for um, an interview to drop with one of the members of the new LAX on my YouTube channel on Monday very very interesting but yeah I, I think it it might just muddle it but you can't deny that conan is the man promo wise he's he's so good and i mean if he could promo for like half the people it would be amazing but yeah i think that the, the kind of the coolness of seeing him with santana and ortiz maybe if you were like making a choice between who do i give him to do i give him to them or the lucha brothers you're like the the Tony Khan might be like, oh, we got we gotta see him with the boys with Santana and Ortiz. You yeah, know? But, but I just feel like Santana and Ortiz have proven that they can cut a promo on their own. And like I said, Santana is a star and he's a good promo himself. So I feel like they can be without Conan. I understand it's the nostalgia of it, but people instantly think LAX and you don't own the like next LAX name. It's over in MLW. So I feel like a better role for Conan would be with Andrade and or with the uh with the Lucha Bros. But I just felt like this segment was there was something off about it, it seemed, especially mm-hmm. Andrade going from speaking Spanish to <sighs> speaking English. I just wish he would just speak Spanish and have Chavo I wish be- he would speak Spanish. 
just have yeah. Chavo be your translator now. And since you have him there, just let him be the translator. And that's a lot better than Vicky Guerrero. So I like Chavo in this role. If this was Chavo coming in to be a wrestler, I would be down with down on it as much as you. But him coming in to speak for Andrade, I think is needed. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm not down on it to the level I was down on Vicky Guerrero like that. I was like so down. I was almost underground, and I am above ground now. I'm just not high, you know, just not yeah. like I'm not high on it. Um, so up next, we had Orange Cassidy and the Blade. This kind of not much, uh, not really much going on here um, other than setting up what's uh, the match next week, what's going on between these um, two. This this feud, I've thought, all I can really say about this feud is if you put Orange Cassidy in a in a properly good feud, like we saw with him and Jericho, or that we've even seen when the best friends have done with um, uh, Death Triangle, then he really works and like the character comes over and the best friends come over. This happened in the Miro feud too. I honestly don't think that the Butcher and the Blade have the personality to do any lifting here to complement the orange car- uh, Cassidy character. Do you know what I mean? Am, am I wrong? No, I, I get where you're coming from. This seems like a very like mid-card feud. And when you yeah. have Orange Cassidy, you know, feuding with Chris Jericho, then at double or nothing, yeah. he's in the AEW world title title match. This seems like a step down for him. It's similar in WWE to how I feel about Cesaro feuding with Otis. Like he was just in a match with Roman Reigns. How is he in a match with the guy that lost money in the bank now? So I kind of yeah. feel similar vibes with that, even though Orange Cassidy, he fits in anywhere you put him at. And I thought the match was fun. I thought it overachieved. That bump he took with the backbreaker on the top rope was crazy. And I liked the little interplay between Chris Statlander and uh, the bunny. So I, I liked a lot of this. So I thought this was a good way to make Orange Cassidy uh, look strong. And hopefully he moves on from here and he can feud with somebody that gets a little bit more out of his character. Yeah, I would say use that feud between um, the Bunny and Chris Statlander to do like a, another full women's storyline that doesn't involve Brit to give us a challenger for Brit. Because if you're looking for a good baby face challenger, Chris Statlander is Indeed. perfect. She's so good. She's uh, so over. And, and yeah, Brit was like, in the match where no one could beat her. Brit was in the match where she got injured as well. So you have yeah. that story History. to go with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then let's get to our main event, which was the Texas death match, the second Texas death match between IWGP United States champion John Moxley and Lance Archer. This match, wow, um, I thought this match was fantastic. It went how I thought it was going to go because there was a lot of brawling and stands, stuff like that. And I honestly thought that they took what they did in Japan and basically said that was our pilot episode. Now let's do, let's enhance this and do it even more for a national worldwide TV audience. I thought that was excellent. And I got to say there was this episode of dynamite was so like edge in your seat stuff because you started off with the announcement of Nick Gage. And once you hear the words that Nick Gage is coming to AEW, all bets are off on what's going to happen next. And uh, they, they did point out young Hikaleo being cried. Hikaleo's nice. a great guy. Uh, I'm very supportive of him. I've actually worked with him quite a bit. Um, he's awesome. So just him being sitting in the crowd in the bullet club shirt. I thought that this having that, 
having that been shown on Dynamite, plus the fact that this match has happened between Moxie and Archer, we've seen Moxie defend this title um, on Dynamite, whether it be against uh, challengers from the United States or challengers from Japan. But there yeah. was something about this setup, which was like, this is the most forbidden door opening New Japan AW working together whole scenario than I have ever seen before. This was the most not like, okay, you can defend your title on Dynamite because you can't defend it. You know, you can't go to Japan type thing. This is more like, no, we're going to make an actual go of this. Um, and we're even setting up having this challenger, this young challenger that a lot of people watching, I'm sure, have never heard of Hikaleo, let's be honest. And they're, they're going to know about him after next week, but they haven't. And the result, the title changed hands. So I don't think we can stress anymore how how close and more developed this relationship is now than the fact that the title actually changed hands in the AW show. So great match. I didn't actually expect that ending. I thought Moxie was holding on to that title forever. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy that Lance Archer has finally got something proper to do because I do say half jokingly, but also I'm telling the truth that this man, I think he's amazing by the way, but he does seem to like wonder about backstage looking for something to do because he's always the guy that kind of like, finds you know like finds some commotion to like insert himself into rather than actually doing full-on feuds and he, like he deserves more so this is great congratulations lance archer and i can't wait to see hickler next week what did you think sb3 i thought that this main event was insane it was a tremendous way to close the show um, the only nitpick that I can give it is that we had at uh, Road Rager the street fight between the Young Bucks and Pe and uh, Eddie Kingston and Penta. Last yeah. week we had the coffin match. <laughs> this week we have a Texas Death match. Next week we Next have a No Rules match with <laughs> Jericho and Nick uh, Gage. I hope that's the end. I hope that you guys realize that there's a law of diminishing returns and. The, the the links that Chris Jericho and Nick Gage are gonna have to go to to top this this week with how bloody these guys got like you not only did you get a paradigm shift on concrete floor which busted open Lance Archer then John Moxley pulls out a fork and starts forking the head of uh of Lance Archer he forked him up he, he forked, forked him up, up. He forked him up. See, no swear jar. Forked him up with the with the with the fork bag to to Moxley. Moxley's bleeding. Then Moxley, you would think Moxley, John Moxley, you just had a baby girl, and I got a baby girl and a baby boy and one year old twins. And you know, when you're a father, you start to calm down a little bit. You start thinking about your future. No, John Moxley said no. I, I'm having forks to the head. I'm having barbed wire. I'm gonna set up the barbed wire and I'm gonna go through it. And that wasn't even the worst spot for me. The worst spot for me that I I, I would have said no. I'm not taking that. It's the chairs. It's the two chairs side by side, and he goes his back first on his spine. The choke slam on the two chairs. I was just like. Ouch! Why would you do that? You gotta pick up your baby girl, bro. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, and then he takes the choke slam through the barbed wire uh, boards and the table. Just a a, a marvelous match. That was the a best way to end in Dallas, Texas. And it, and it definitely, I agree with you. It puts a stamp on the relationship between New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling. Because I thought it was one thing that made a huge statement was John Moxley being on the advertisement and the headline name 
for New Japan's event resurgence on August 14th in Los Angeles, California, their first USA event in 18 months. I thought that was a big statement because you remember originally John Moxley was allowed to work New Japan, but only in Japan, not in the US. Yeah. So I thought that was a big statement that said about their relationship. But having the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship in the main event and having a title change to another AEW guy who was with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then you got Hikaleo coming in at the end and having that showdown. Two tall dudes. Like, he's hovering over Lance Archer, who's a big old he's, dude. I need to get out, um, maybe on social media, I will, um, a photo of me standing next to Hikaleo because I'm five foot. And uh, Hikaleo <laughs> actually came when I was uh, doing some work for, for New Japan at a, a, at a Japan festival and he got behind the booth with me and I had to take a photo because I'm five foot and Hikaleo is not five foot. <laughs> he might be the tallest man I've ever met in person and I've met Drew McIntyre and I've met Tyson Fury. I've met some other very tall men too but like they're the ones that really stand out and I think Hikaleo is the tallest man I've ever met. I, I wouldn't be surprised how he looked over uh, Lance Archer here. So, yeah, th that was just yeah. a great way to end the show. It's not at the all. This episode wasn't at the all time level of last week's show. I think last week's show is top five, top three of this year. Dynamite episodes. Uh, I, I would put it up there and especially the ending with the nail in the coffin right up there with Brody King, you know, beating on Brody Lee beating down. Cody and winning the TNT championship, the inner circle coming together as the best endings to dynamite. This was a great ending and it really confirmed the relationship between AEW and New Japan. Not that, you know, Brian, Brian Danielson signing with AEW also confirms that the WWE having a relationship with New Japan. Um, yeah, that seems deader than dead right now because all signs point to this AEW New Japan relationship is in good terms. The, the relationship's going good. WWE would have never been able to handle a New Japan relationship, neither would their viewers actually seeing a no. good wrestling. But before we go, we have some ultra chats here that we got in about. Oh, we have one here about CM Punk. One about how we could debut uh, CM Punk because Owen Malin says, and thank you for your donation, MJF to troll everyone on the last Dynamite before All Out by coming out to cult of personality then CM Punk to come on after he beats Jericho in the pay-per-view. Um, so firstly, what do you think of that idea? I, I, I like that idea. I've heard it uh, from a few people. And I think that me and Alex, we did our whole draft where we picked two opponents. And I was jealous because Alex got two and three. So I had the first and the fourth pick. I picked Kenny Omega first. And then Alex picked um, MJF second. Don Moxley third, which are two great picks. So I think my my next pick was uh, Darby Allen. But the MJF CM Punk feud, I mean, that's just gold. These are two all time great promo guys. And MJF trolling the crowd in Chicago, getting under their skin, teasing that he, you know, coming out to cult of personality. That is exactly what MJF would do. And that's a great yeah. follow up because I don't think he's going to win against Chris Jericho at All Out. So how do you get your heat back? You, you know, get into a feud with CM Punk. That's a great follow-up for him. So I would be down for that. 
I think MJF is a good opponent for Punk, actually, because he is so the opposite of Punk in many different ways. And I think that would really work. Um, Owen also says, um, with COVID, as it is in Japan, one more New Japan star shop in AEW, and we will get Bullet Club versus Elite. Um, my thought in that is when it comes to COVID, we don't know what's going to happen in the world. Like, that's not something we can answer. But I think what we might be getting is... Bullet Club members like Jay White that are going to base themselves in the in the US, like Hikuleo, who could very well do a very good program with members of the Elite. And that would be something I'd be very down for. What do you think, SB3? I'm ready for the Elite versus uh, the Bullet Club. Uh, I've done a couple of articles on it this week for Sports Keto Wrestling. And the, the main event of Bound for Glory better be Switchblade Jay White versus Kenny Omega because there ain't nobody on that Impact roster I want to see more against Kenny Omega than the Switchblade. So they need to go full throttle with that Elite versus Bullet Club, bring over the Gorillas of Destiny and give me G.O.D. Yeah. versus the Good Brothers as well and go full throttle elite versus Bullet Club because Impact, you don't get a lot of time where you can create buzz. And you are the promotion that can give us the elite and the Bullet Club over AEW and New Japan. Go for it. Go for it and never look back. And finally, we have one here from the Zona C who says, I had booked a gym class, but the moment I knew it was SB3 and Steph here tonight, I canceled. I enjoyed last night very much, and I'm very excited to see what Daniel will do. As for Punk, I can't wait for Ollie to totally mark out. Have a wonderful day. Uh, thank you so much for that thank chat. You. And it won't just be Ollie marking out. Me and SB3 are going to be marking out if Punk turns up. If Daniel Bryan turns up, SB3... <laughs> Dude, you have to film live reaction. I, think, I, for that I am. I'm gonna have my camera on me if I hear if I hear the 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 engine or the rocket fuel coming together on the beginning of the final countdown. If I hear the do 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 do, I'm pulling out my phone immediately. And we, we're going to have to include that on the next edition of rest. Or I might send it to you and Alex. Since you guys film on Thursday, I'm just going to send yeah. it to you guys so you could air it and react to my reaction to Danny O'Brien coming out at, at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City. I, I feel like the wrestling gods are gifting me this. They want me to be there. They knew I got a ticket, and that's why it's going to happen. Well, that is a perfect way to end the show. Thank you so much, SB3. Thank you to everyone that watched, everyone that sent in the chats, everyone that sent in the comments. And, you know, I usually have a lot of th stuff to plug, but I just think today, because of the news that's happened, and because I'm here with my man, SB3, there's only one thing I want to plug, and that is say, go to my YouTube channel, Stephanie Chase Wrestling, look up the show that myself, SB3, Andrew Thompson, and Benno did a couple of months ago where we booked an AW, an AEW versus New Japan Supercard. I think that's what you should be watching because i feel even more now like these doors are open and anything can happen in the world of wrestling and maybe sp3 me you andrew benno will have to get together again and work out what the heck we would do with daniel bryan and cm punk to fit them into this equation oh yes we we need we need to come <laughs> back we need to bring it back and just do a full card of cm punk and and brian danielson matches yeah. for aew and new japan and New and, Japan. Like we all put together our top 10 people we want to verse both of them. I think that's a good idea. Absolutely. SB3, where can the guys uh, find out your amazing content? 
Uh, right up here, right above me, True Heel SP3 on the Twitter machine. You can go over and subscribe to the YouTube channel, True Heel Heat. We go live on Saturday, True Heel Heat 135, where we're going to break down all the wrestling news and whatever happens in the next couple of days between that as well. And you can check out my live stream I did earlier today with Romeo Anthony Cologne, the Romeo Report, where we went in depth about CM Punk and Brian Danielson to All Elite Wrestling. Awesome. And remember, guys, if you want to talk more about AW, join me tomorrow, 6 p.m. UK time for AW Weekly. But thank you so much, SB3. As I said, it's been great to chat to you, especially on this wonderful news day. So goodbye, everyone. Uh, that is it for us today. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.